right. Welcome in, everyone, to the Hustle With Us podcast. My name is Tristan Plunkett. I'll be your host today, here, today, and every day. And uh, to my right, virtually here, Craig Mushino. Craig, how you doing today? All good, Tristan. Awesome, awesome. Well, we just got off the line here with, uh, with a high school coach down in Maryland. He is the head coach of the Richard Montgomery High School men's basketball team. Uh, recently coming off a 4A West Division title down there and has has really turned that program around since since taking over the helm in 2012 and had a lot of had a lot of interesting items drop on us. Uh, Craig, what did you think? What did you think of the interview? Yeah, uh, really interesting interview. Obviously, Coach Breslau has uh, a lot of experience, a lot of great ideas. One thing that really jumped out to me, I, I really enjoyed how he uses technology. Of course, um, you know, here at Hustle, we're always uh, we're all about sports technology um, as part of the Hustle app, and so it seems like Coach is a big adopter, an early adopter. He's looking at the future, looking at um, all the different ways that he can get better analytics through technology, um, and then of course, I mean, so many so many great insights leading in from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. Uh, really good interview. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I one, uh, one aspect I really enjoyed is his, uh, how he and his team identify a loss has some interesting takes. It has some interesting takes there. This is a guy that set the school record for wins uh, for the basketball program, but I think in his mind, he might, he might never have gotten there because maybe some of those wins didn't record his wins in his own mind. So we'll, we'll get to it here. We'll let you guys listen in and, and, and uh, form your own opinions here, but without further ado, here it is, uh, head coach David Breslau. Before we get to our interview, a quick word about the Hustle Sports Training app. Are you an athlete trying to improve your skills or a youth sports coach trying to develop an effective training program? Look no further than the Hustle app. Hustle is the simplest way to learn new sports skills, period. We partner with coaches and trainers at all levels to produce instructional videos and training plans that will help you to improve your fundamentals and master advanced techniques. Whether you're building out your practice plans or just looking to improve your form, techniques, or fitness, Hustle has a training plan for you. Download our app in iTunes or on the Google Play App Store by searching Hustle Training or visit our website at hustletraining.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook by searching Hustle with us also happens to be the name of this podcast. Get a leg up on your competition with Hustle. All right, welcome in, everybody. We are excited to be joined by Coach David Breslau. Coach David Breslau, he is the head coach at Richard Montgomery High School, has been the head coach there for some time now, took over after a uh, brief stint there at BCC, an RM grad yourself down there in Montgomery County, Maryland. Now you folks made a decent run into the 4A state championship playoff this year. Uh, Coach, tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about yourself here, your, your transition into coaching here from, uh, from college and, and uh, sort of what this whole process has been like. Just give us a little background on yourself here. Sure. I always, uh, always foresaw myself as, uh, as eventually going to be as a coach in, in high school. Um, and it was always my high hope to coach at my alma mater. So I'm lucky enough to have that opportunity now. Going into college, I had some opportunities to play and then chose not to go that route. But I always uh, always made sure to stay close to some high school games and was able to uh, always attend some games wherever I was at. And um, 
eventually when uh, the opportunity presented itself at uh, Richard Montgomery, where I where I also teach history, um, I jumped on that and uh, definitely was able to, to profit and you know be able to coach some great players. And we've had a, a good amount of success over the past couple of years. I'd say so, yeah. By my calculations, over an 800 win percentage, creeping towards that 900 realm. And uh, like like we said, you, you've set a couple of records there. You The school wins record there now. Is it 25 for you guys? Uh, 24 in a 22-game season with playoffs. There it is. Yeah. And you actually went to school out there in the University of Pittsburgh. And even when you were out there, you were attending high school games and and uh, sort of doing a little, a little scouting yourself and maybe prepping and and shadowing some coaches out there. Tell us what that was like. Sure. Uh, I always kept track of who was uh, one of some of the top teams, and I was lucky enough to, um, you know, University of Pittsburgh, there, there used to be a school it's shut down now. It's called Shenley High School. And uh, back in uh, the late 90s, um, they, were, they were nationally ranked, and uh, that, was, that was a quicker walk than to some of my classes to go to Shenley High School. And so that was always a, that was always a great atmosphere out there and I wish I could remember some of those players they used to come out to the University of Pittsburgh come out to our gym and play with us and uh, give all the college kids a run for their money but uh, I would go out there uh, which was again like right around this corner and uh, I'd go out to Beaver and see some of those some of those games they have they have a strong tradition out there and uh, also out to uh, I don't know, Upper St. Clair and Fox Chapel. And uh, there's just a lot of good teams around there. There's a lot of good coaches back then. Always trying to keep up with everything. Yeah, so, um, you know, talking about your coaching journey, did you start out, um, you know, as an assistant coach or kind of work your way up from youth teams into high school? Right. So I, I, even student teaching, I was student teaching at Northgate High School in Bellevue, and I was able to, to hang out with the basketball team a little bit up there, even though I had uh, graduate classes to attend to. But then uh, after that, um, I mean, really there wasn't a year I wasn't coaching. Even my first year I was teaching in, uh, in Montgomery County, and um, I was a little hesitant. I was a little overwhelmed, I think, with teaching. And, uh, and there was, I remember there was a, a newspaper article popped, uh, not a newspaper article, but like an advertisement in the Washington Post mm-hmm. popped up just for a little private school. And uh, I was hesitant. My brother, who also has been my assistant coach in the past, he was like, what are you thinking? He's like, you need to you need to contact them and you need to contact everybody. And my brother, my younger brother, who kind of like guided me through a lot of connections and just pursuing a lot of opportunities that, that I had available to me. And so I, I coached at, at a little private school, Hebrew Academy, and then I and then I had a friend who was coaching varsity at, at he was a, a state finalist coach and he's a successful coach in Montgomery County. His name is uh, Damon Pigram. He, mm-hmm. he, I was friends with him. My brother was like, why aren't you coaching with him? And so I learned a ton from him and, uh, and then yeah, everything, you know, dominoes just fell from there. Nice. Got it. Yeah. I mean, you're having a ton of success. Um, so let's dig into that a little bit and, and kind of how you approach um, coaching and how you approach your team. Um, so let's talk skills development. That's what uh, the Hustle app really is all about. Um, let's say you're at kind of the beginning of the season or you're just beginning working with your players after an off season. You know, how do you approach the start of the season? Are there any kind of drills or exercises you prefer to get your team ready to play? 
Yeah, one of the first things I like to do is, is do a lot of no dribble games to just answer it as literally as, as possible. I kind of want it to be known that we're going to share the ball, and, uh, and that definitely is a good starting point for that. And so we'll play like three on three, no dribble, four on four, no dribble, five on five, no dribble. And then eventually from there, I might give them a dribble and just, and while they, while the kids in the beginning, they kind of don't like it and they might not like it towards the end, they, they definitely learn to appreciate it. And I don't let them really progress to the one dribble or the, or the two dribble, whatever we're going to do after that until they kind of like, we've proven that we kind of exhausted the benefits of, of that drill. And so, uh, I mean, that's just the first thing that, that comes to mind. But mm-hmm. Yeah. You focus on building that culture of kind of selflessness yeah. in, in, a, in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also toughness. And uh, mm-hmm. there's several other drills that we, we tend to do at the beginning of the season that are a little tougher. You know, we definitely have to uh, figure out who's even going to be on the team. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's a big thing. You know, we we can you know uh, we see a lot of private schools and uh, and I'm always jealous because they, when like the first day of see of the season everyone's always asking you know and it's not just the private schools but everyone's always asking everywhere you know like you excited about the first day of practice and I'm and I'm not because I got a cut kid I got a cut kid that <laughs> sure. can't play basketball it's like the worst day of the season it's like the worst mm-hmm. couple of days of the season and I gotta and I I have to be certain that they're even convinced that they don't deserve on deserve to be on the team you know i kind of want that to be a uh, a mutual understanding and of course sometimes that's not the case but um but i gotta i gotta like make it obvious who, who really belongs on the team or not and so there's several other drills that we do well actually before we go into that um let's talk about that a little bit more um you know say you know, say one of our listeners has been cut from the team, you know, they tried out, they didn't quite make it. What are some things that they can do in the off season to prepare themselves for the next, the next try, the next sure. round? Yeah. And, and, and I, I even tell a lot of the same stuff to uh, the players who are on the team who uh, we get in a, we'll do like 6am workouts. If anybody wants to work out at 6am, that's like the only time we can get the gym. We put mm-hmm. very, uh, heavily populated area where the uh, our public school system uh, the gym use is it's owned by the community and it's run by a uh, outside agency and just getting our gym is an issue for us to even like have workouts and uh, and there's all kinds of regulations on whether or not we're even allowed to have workouts right. at certain times of the year but 6 a.m is always open and so i'll see my players in there and and mm-hmm. uh, they, they say they want to work out and so they'll show up at like you know 6 a.m or you know if they're lucky if they're, if they're getting up early enough. And, um, and then I, I, you know, give them the ball and I'm like, do you want to work out for me or are you going to handle this on your own? And I got to see what they're, what they're all about. And then of course, all you see is them just, you know, shooting the ball and getting their rebound and they're working on their threes or, you know, they say whatever they're working on. And and then I'm like, I'm I'm like, I'm not going to open up the gym. This is what you're going to be doing. And, yeah. and so this is the same thing I'd tell anybody who's cut. And uh, I want to see, I mean, if you're not sweating, I mean, let's just start there. If, if you're not sweating off of your individual workout, if you're not challenging yourself, if you're not pushing yourself to uh, be uncomfortable with the speed you're playing at, I really think you're kind of wasting your time. And whoever's opening that gym, you're probably wasting their time too. And so mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the first thing that comes to my mind when I'm talking about a, a guy trying to prepare himself to play at whatever level they're at, 
um, is is just pushing yourself full court and just going full court. And if you want to take those jump shots, do it full court and do it as fast as possible. Just dribbling up and down and 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 just and and I think one of the biggest things is is using your imagination. It's a uh, it's imagining that the, the toughest defender you've ever played against is guarding you. You have to you have to try to find a way to get past them. And if you can't imagine that defense in front of you, if you can't imagine like the intensity that you need to bring to get uncomfortable to get to the point where you are comfortable, then uh, I, you know I can't see yourself really progressing to uh, to improve yourself. Got it. Yeah, coach. Thanks for sharing that with us. That's really good insights there. Um, so, how let's say you know you're you're working through the season. Um, how do you adjust your coaching technique based on what the team's giving you or based on the skills of the players that you've got? Um, you know, is there a difference in strategy, you know, depending on what the team's giving you? Yeah, I, I we change right now. I'm working on uh, what we're doing for this next team, you know, so we just finished uh, our season about a month ago and I'm already with my assistant coach kind of ironing out all the details of uh how we're going to do things different next year because we're not going to be as big. We're graduating uh, just two seniors, but they were 6'9 and 6'6. Six, six. Mm, wow. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be smaller. We're not going to be small, but we're going to be smaller next year. We're going to be a lot faster. And uh, we were really pack line oriented this past actually couple of years. We've been pack line for the past three years. We've been very uh, methodical offensively. I feel for the past uh, couple of years and this team with the amount of talent that I have and the amount of guys I want to use off the bench, uh, we're definitely not going to be able to go that route. I'm not going to be able to go pack line and run like down, you know, the shot clock down to single digits and, and then, and then look down the bench and see, you know, eight guys that deserve playing time. And they're just sitting there while my team is running an offense for 25 seconds. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not looking forward to that kind of situation. So, so we're reworking a lot of things to, uh, and we're kind of a uh, almost coming full circle from about four years ago. We had a similar team, and so now we're going to back to more of that fast-paced offense and uh, a lot of pressing. And mm-hmm. um, so we're definitely changing everything really uh, coming to this next year, despite the fact that we had a really successful season this past year. Exactly. Yeah, you know, you graduate two uh, two six five plus guys in high school. That def- that's definitely going to take uh, a little bit of a toll. But hey, with that comes a little bit more speed, a little change in strategy, and what do you know? Before you know it, you were back in the postseason mix again. Real quick, before I get to my next question, you mentioned uh, a term there that some of our folks may or may not be familiar with. Can you just give us a quick overview on the pack line defense and what you mean there? Sure. I was once uh, we have an alum who uh, his name is Ryan Kruger. He's over at a uh... He's, he's he coaches for the um he's in the G League at Fort Wayne Drive. He got a lot of the alumni from our school who are a lot. We have a lot of coaches out there, and uh, it was funny because he was he was we were talking basketball. We had like a little chalk talk, and he was like, "Pack line's not the most you know unique defense," and uh and he's like he's like pack line's just defense. It's just what we play in the NBA. Hmm. It's just what pack line is, and uh. And I, I, I saw what he was saying, and it was very true. It's, it's, it's traditional defense. However, there are some points that I think that separate it from a lot of other – or not, or just like what, what many schools do around the, around the country. And I think the first thing that comes to mind is um, you're not denying one pass away. 
and uh, and I and certainly that's okay. not going to be the case always in the NBA. You're not denying one pass away. You're you're in what we call the gap, or what you know everyone calls the gap. You're not guarding the ball. You're you're one pass away, but you're looking at the ball, and the whole thing on your mind is this guy's about to drive, and if he drives to my side, I'm blocking that off. Okay. I think uh, I think that's the first thing to think about with the pack line is that you're you're not denying ball sides. You're going to stop the the next guy from driving. From there, everything kind of turns into just traditional defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a one step one step ahead approach at all times there. So we we talked about that instilling that strategy there as we. Uh, get a season going. How do you uh, how do you adjust throughout the season? What uh, what changes in your preparation versus uh, a couple of wins under your belt versus a couple of perhaps losses under your belts? We know that uh, your program hasn't hasn't experienced that too much in recent past year. But uh, but what changes, if anything? Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, and, and it's it sounds kind of kind of silly, but uh, I mean, our definition of a loss, and that's one of the biggest things I want to get across to our guys throughout the season. Our definition of a loss is not in the win-loss column. So we'll, we'll win a game, and we'll call that a loss. It depends on if we've accomplished what we wanted to do. And if we, if we lost a game, that might not be – we might not call that a loss either. So, if, I mean, we play like – I mean, there's, there's some teams in D.C. that are just, like, insane. You know, we're a public school. We're not – we don't have a recruiting budget, a travel budget, a sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, you know, we're going to play in, in the DeMatha Summer League. And we're mm-hmm. gonna play, you know, we're gonna play like a Damatha or like a uh, O'Connell, a Bishop O'Connell, and a, for those that know, you just check the national rankings. Sure, you know, we're gonna play those teams, and uh, and we're gonna lose. We were lucky enough to play uh, a uh, last summer. We played Damatha, and we played them. They were like, like missing most, almost. I think they're missing every starter, and we we actually got a win out of that. But we're, we might play get we might play them this summer, and we're, we might lose by thirty. That mm-hmm. might be a win. You know, if if we did what we set out to do, we'll call that a win. And so we, we, had, we had one loss during the regular season this past year to to a, a rival, Gavisburg, um, who we we were able to beat a couple times also this season. But we lost by twenty, and offensively hmm. that was a loss. Hmm. Offensively that was certainly a loss. But uh, but we held them to fifty five points, and that was I think their lowest of the season. And so we went in, we, we lost that game knowing that we were going to play in the playoffs. And, uh, and we said, hey, we, we can do this job on defense. We're going to be okay because we're not going to do as bad on offense. So, so our definition of a loss is definitely uh, a big part of that answer to, to your question. Um, sure. And then, but moving beyond that, um, I mean, we're always, we're always preparing for whatever action the strongest action from the other team. Uh, we certainly definitely want to know how they're uh, guarding the pick and roll. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's probably one of the first things that we want to figure out is how they guard the pick and roll and also how they guard handoffs. Because uh, mm. this year and next year, you know, handoffs are a big part of our offense. And if they're going to be switching on handoffs, then we have to really – those couple days before the game, we're really going to uh, – really talk about what are we going to do when they switch on handoffs and if they don't switch on handoffs then uh then everyone's really happy <laughs> but uh, yeah really yeah 
Uh, so that, I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind from that question. But then beyond that, of course, we want to know if they're going to play zone and what kind of zone. Yeah, I, I would love to come up with an offense that can, you can just you can just say we're going to run that offense against any zone if it's a two three or three two. You know that, but I don't think, and I've seen some coaches try to do that. Um, I don't think those really exist. And if they sure. do, you know, I can't wait until I find out that offense. So that's a big part too. If they're going to play zone, then of course we have to prep for that because we spend most of our time prepping for man. Uh, lucky enough, we're, we've been great shooters the past couple of years, and we haven't seen seen too much zone because teams realize they can't. They're not going to be able to uh, you know stay in the game if they if they're going to leave us open. So. Now let's say let's say we're getting into the season here. We're we're midway through. Uh, maybe uh, maybe a skid of what you would consider a loss. Let's say you do hit that skid, and there's and there's something that needs to change there. Tell us about that process in terms of identifying that uh, what that change needs to be, and then implementing that change into the players based on their skill sets and and you knowing what their educational skills are. Yeah. Um, so I think you know I'm I'm trying to think of maybe a good example, but just. Just the process is certainly written out for us, and that's we're going to identify the problem. We're going to identify the action that we need to either do on offense or protect or, or, or guard on defense, and we're we're gonna we're gonna most likely turn that into a game. And so, let's say we want it, we we realize, and that's that's something with my team right now is they're they're fast, and they're they're not selfish, but we have an issue with like. Like throwing backdoor passes. Like I've mm. had teams where like this is the offense we're running. We're gonna do handoffs. We're gonna try to get backdoors off of it, and they just do it. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm the greatest coach in the world. You know? <laughs> and then, uh, and then a couple of years later, you know, or next year, we try to do the same thing. And I'm like, these guys can't make a backdoor pass. They don't. They don't have. You know, like uh, lost my touch. I, I told them exactly what they're supposed to do. They're not doing it. You know, so so obviously. It's it's not going to come as easy every year, and so uh, and so we're gonna uh, we're gonna kind of like introduce give them some tips. We're gonna give them you know there's I have like a whole a whole like gamut of of points I'm gonna make in in my speech that I'm gonna hopefully keep below five minutes on what a successful backdoor is gonna look like. Uh, we might run we might run through it just like to go through the motions, but then of course I'm gonna see all the players kind of like get tired with that. And so eventually I'm going to have to make a game out of that. And that's what we're going to do next. And we're going to apply points and we're going to assign points for successful backdoors. Hmm. And we're, we're, there's no question that we're going to, we're going to make it into a competitive and like, and, and a competitive game that hopefully the players don't find a way to cheat, hmm. which is always the case. And then we have to adjust the game. <laughs> and, and luckily, you know, I'm at the, I'm at the point now in my career where, I've seen most cheats, and so we've adjusted, and we've uh, we've made the hopefully make the games like foolproof. But uh, we we have a player now who uh, he seems to find every loophole in any game we ever come up with, and so he's always won. He's improving. He's improving us, but um, it's it's frustrating. That's funny. Yeah, gamification. That's always important for young players, no doubt about it. Towards the end of the season, let's say. You know, you're approaching the playoffs. Um, you might have some injuries on the team and probably, and certainly some uh, fatigue um, from the players. You know, what kind of adjustments do you make? Um, what kind of drills do you do in practice during that point in the season? Yeah, uh, that fatigue is something real. And, I, and I'm talking yeah. about like mental fatigue. 
of course the injuries are always going to be there and i don't know what you do about that you know you, you if you can have some kind of advice and some kind of, and, and resources where you can talk about some prehab stuff and pre-injury stuff that's great uh, lucky enough we have also another great alum from uh, rich montgomery is uh, blair o'donovan who's right now the uh like physical trainer for the washington wizards he's a uh, yeah and, and his name mm. if you google his name he's all over uh he's all over youtube and he has a lot of great stuff and a lot of times i'll consult with him as we go into the playoffs you know what's the best way to go about this or that so that if you have a resource like that if you have a trainer like that that's that's awesome um but that mental fatigue is always there and you know something that we've recently started to do is, is bring up a lot of uh underclassmen onto varsity that's a rare that's a new that's a new thing that's going mm. through our county because uh you know going back more than a couple of years we had we had budget cuts and they they cut the jv schedule a couple games and so everyone realized you know jv's i mean jv's done like a month before varsity's done so everyone's moving up their jv players or they're just putting up their jv players because they're looking at jv as like wow this is not as as grueling or not as uh, productive as it used to be. And so now I got these sophomores or sometimes freshmen and we're on like our 70th practice. You know, we'll, we'll get in like 75 practices for the season. Or we'll be on like our 60th practice and, you know, we're on our like 19th game and you can just see it. They're like, wow, this is, you know, we're, we're in like late February and this is like every day since, since November. And so I think that's something that needs to be addressed. And so uh, we'll definitely have um, – we'll try to find ways to uh, alleviate that. And so we'll, we'll do things like just at the end of practice, we might play like dodgeball, thing <laughs> that is a nice team <laughs> builder, and just something different, you know, anything different. And then, and then more than that, we're, the kids are always begging me for it too because we, we, do, we do it in the uh, summertime and we do it in the preseason, but they, they love yoga. And so uh, I've used the DVD mm-hmm. for Yeah. And we've oh, heard that before. In February, especially with those injuries and they're bruised up. They're, they're begging for it. Like mid February is, we've been doing it for several years now. And I'd say about beginning of February, actually, even going as early as, as like mid January, they just start asking for it. They're like, please. And, uh, and we're really lucky that we have a, uh, a mother of a, uh, of a, a girl's soccer player. Is gonna be great. Uh, the girl's name, last name is Heaven, and she she's a big D one recruit for soccer. But her mother is a yoga instructor, and uh, and she loves working with our team. And she comes in and and I mean she's That's she's great. a real deal. She can do like uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. She's she's built. She's like she's way stronger than any of our players, and uh, and and that's I think yoga's yoga's huge for. For those types of uh, situations. Nice. That is, yeah, that is healing for sure. Um, yes. All right. You've kind of walked us through the season and the way that you approach it and the way that you look at things here at Hustle, where, you know, we look for ways to um, leverage technology to get the most out of players. So think about kind of the way that you coach and, and your overall plans for your teams. You know, what role does technology play in your coaching today? And what role do you see it taking on in the future? Well, yeah, for today, I mean, I mean, it just comes down to the camera, and uh, mm-hmm. and then we uh, and we tape 
we take probably about a dozen practices. I think practices are, are great for us to, as coaches to look at what, we're, what we've been doing. Uh, the players actually watch that, especially, and I think it's, it's huge for your players who are not getting that much playing time. Because, I mean, does any coach honestly mm-hmm. believe that they're going to post you know, some game film and the guy who's sitting at the end of the bench is going to watch that game film? Well, well, there's no ch- like, why would he do that? I mean, yeah. of course, we, we, uh, we have all kinds of arguments why he should. I live in the real world, and that kid's not watching that, that game tape. And so, yeah. and, but uh, if you post practice, uh, all of a sudden you see, and, and we use huddle. And you can see what they've watched, like how much they've watched. And all of a sudden, you post practice, and that guy who's never played, he's all of a sudden, he's watched two hours of game tape. You know, it's not game tape, it's practice tape. Sure. But he's watched that. And so that's huge right there. The, the technology that comes along with a crossover and huddle and the, uh, the stats, they, they send us stats back within 24 hours, and they send us, like, shot charts. And they send us all that, you know. We I think we have uh, mm. we have like the platinum package. I think uh, we have mm-hmm. to fundraise for that. It's not cheap. Um, fundraising is always a, a big issue, but nevertheless, we're able to benefit off having that package. And those stats are are awesome. I mean, they and you can break them down any any way. And then what makes it even the best is you can click on like you you'll go through the stats and it will say like you know. 15 turnovers well you just click on the 15 mm-hmm. turnovers and it shows you a breakdown it shows you a high a, a, a cut up of all those turnovers and so i think something that i saw early on in my career when, when all this technology wasn't out there um you know we want to watch game tape well, well that meant everyone's sitting down and we're watching the whole game well coaches are trying to make a point about you know we're not doing a good job on back doors well that's not coming until like the middle of the second quarter, mm. you know, and then, and then actually that time it was a good backdoor, right? <laughs> but like yeah. the third quarter backdoor, that's when the backdoor starts. That when it was like at the end of the game, by that time we made like 50 other points and the guys are like, what do we, you know, they don't, you're all over the place. You know, the only way I think you can watch game tape is if it's broken down and, uh, and make that game tape probably, I'd say no more than a half hour session. And that's even kind of pushing it. Right. Mm. So, um, so the, the, the technology that the huddle provides and, and, uh, and crossover where you can just you can just click on a button and, and you see every turnover and you can even go for the whole season and, and click on a guy and say every turnover he's made. So you get that guy, you say, come on, let's, let's have some lunch. You know, yeah. lunch. <laughs> Player knows what's coming when, when coach asks him to lunch. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but, but just the ability to see that like that is uh it's it makes you feel like first of all it makes you feel like a professional you know it makes you feel like you know you're in the nba or something that you have that kind of that access and so uh that's that's definitely the first stuff that comes to mind with that question um i'd say for the future uh huddle's coming out with oh i should get paid by huddle for this (laughs) but they but they they get they're coming out with this thing you mount on your gym floor on your i'm sorry your gym wall and it's going to track the ball, and you don't even need a, a yeah. film crew. You know, we got to find managers, or maybe ask a father or somebody to film our games, and that's that's imperfect because uh, they want to watch the game. So you know, there's a, there's always a play where they're watching the game, and the the camera's on an empty hoop. You know, and so, <laughs> and so 
but for the future of technology, you got this thing mounted on the on the wall, and uh, and then it's following the ball, and then it's automatically uploaded a huddle, and they're sending you set your stats by the next morning. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. And then beyond that, I mean, I mean you, your imagination can, I mean, the way technology exponentially grows these days, I mean, you, you, can, you can imagine it's going to be able to track players soon. And then you're going to be able to see the stats that we see in the NBA with, uh, you know, how far are these, how, how long are these guys running during the game? Sure. You know, what's their average, what's their average speed? You know, what, you know, there's so many other things that can come out of that where, you know, tracking individuals and, uh, and setting benchmarks and i mean the possibilities are, are are absolutely endless that's uh no that's definitely a good point there that mounting on the wall being able to track player by player pretty soon it's, it's gonna be like almost we're playing 2k there while we're while we're watching film and reviewing yeah. so real quick uh that thank you thanks again for your time today here coach and we're gonna we're gonna let you go here yeah. soon but something we'd like to do with all of our guests is a quick rapid fire round just uh, you know peel back the onion a little bit and uh really get to 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 who Coach Breslaw is. So we'll start it off here. We'll throw that fancy production music on in the background and get into our rapid fire. Real quick, Coach, what is your favorite sports movie? <laughs> um, so I, I always, yeah, um, there's a movie. I always pick, like, obscure answers to these questions. So there's, <laughs> there's this old movie. I, I want everyone to see it. It's, it's one of the best basketball movies I think I've, I think that's out there. It really spells out all the, uh, the recruiting and the college experience from like the 1970s it's filmed on uh colorado state university uh campus it's uh it's called one on one hmm. henry Steele. that that movie is like ahead of its time awesome Got it. what is the best warm-up music before a big game oh man ah what uh geez whatever whatever gets <laughs> the players hype you know it's fine hey, whatever yeah, okay, so so my song is no way any kid's gonna play it, but I I like uh, the big payback by uh, James Brown. Okay, I think that gets. But there's, yeah, what are the chances <laughs> any kid in this century is gonna get gonna buy into that? Right. Okay. All right, Coach. Um, Friday night, you don't have a basketball game going on. Where are you going to get dinner? Uh, wherever my wife tells me. There it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Coach. We'll definitely appreciate your time here today. You know, certainly uh, talking about the loss, what what you guys identify as a loss is a big is a big help there. And I think all this knowledge you've been able to drop on us here is definitely going to be a help to all our athletes as they're uh, developing their game plans, developing their training plans. So definitely appreciate the time once again. It's a, it a privilege, and uh, I'm happy to do it. Good luck in the future, guys.